for me to get like a, a film photograph like onto the internet and online uh like it's like a whole like i don't know for one photograph you have to develop it and scan it and maybe convert it and edit it it's like a multiple hour process because like developing alone and scanning like is like 30 minutes for developing and then you have to wait two hours for it to dry you know so yeah <laughs> it, it is really a uh, an intensive and hands-on process but this is how I've, I always uh, think of it, but uh, whatever tool works best for the job, you know, like everybody's got their preference. And like, I used to shoot only digital, like, it, you know, it's not like it's film wasn't like always my go-to medium, you know, like I used to shoot a lot of, of film just for fun. Like even growing up, like I, I shot my parents' film camera, but like uh, it wasn't until like, you know, four or five years ago that I really like got into it and like really took the process to heart and, and kind of like uh, revolved my, all of my work around it. So it's, uh, yeah, it's great. I mean, but it is, it is really intensive and it's fun. And it's uh, like anybody that does it will tell you that there's nothing like it. There's like nothing, nothing like pulling your photographs like out of a tube of chemicals <laughs> and like washing them off and looking at them in the light and being like, holy fuck, like that photo that I just shot, like whatever it is, like, it, it is now like, it, it doesn't exist on your hard drive yet, it will, but like it exists in like this binder filled with all of these other photos and like you can pick it up and you can tear it up and it'll never exist again, you know, like yeah. or whatever you want to do with it. Like I, I have friends who manipulate their negatives and like burn their negatives and then scan them and then like, you know, and, and that's, that's permanent, you know, you can't undo that. So that's like the cool part is that it's like so, I don't know, it's just like so tangible. Talking about NFTs and that's nifty. That's nifty. All the great artists they come to this place to talk about the crypto space and that's nifty. That's nifty. That's nifty. Your host for tonight's podcast are Tyler. Larry and Slime Sunday. Damn, that's nifty. Yo, can you guys hear me? Yo, what's up, man? Can you hear us? Yeah, you guys sound great. What's up? Fantastic. Just nice. chilling on a Monday. Yeah, yeah, I feel you. Hell yeah. Just yeah, thanks for uh, thanks for having me on. For real, I uh, I'm stoked, man. I listened to Ben's and it was crazy. He like shouted me out and like it just brought me like back to last February. It was crazy. <laughs> So let's jump in there then. What was going on last February? Is that when Hidden in Plain Sight came out? Actually, that was in August, right? Yeah, yeah, that was August. Uh, last February was kind of like when myself, Ben, and quite a few like other original like people in the space kind of uh, started listening to Clubhouse Rooms. And this was like all pre-Twitter spaces. So like, yeah, I, I just remember basically like being on Twitter and like to preface all of this, like, Twitter already had a, uh, a really good like photography community. So there were already tons of us posting work there. So I, I don't know if it was Connor or if it was someone else, but like at the end of 2020, I remember seeing a photographer tweet about NFTs and then like 
I blinked and January turned into February and like I had, was just in clubhouse rooms like nonstop. <laughs> uh, and that's just, it's crazy, but that's like, yeah, that's kind of how it all started. Like, I just remember like the one big uh, memory I have is like, I drove from Albuquerque, which is where I'm living now, uh, back to Ohio, which is where I was living. And I drove, I got that drive done in like two and a half days and I finished it at like 5 a.m. Eastern time. And I was in a clubhouse room that entire drive. <laughs> like, wow. It's, yeah, it's, it's kind of crazy, but like, yeah, like last February was when it kind of all started. And I think uh, that's really when, that's when I met Ben. Uh, and that's when I met like Dave Krugman and like quite a few other people who are like, pretty prominent in the space still and who are you know still actively building and doing web three things you know there's there's a lot of people i met that aren't around anymore uh you know like 15 months later but uh yeah it's, it's just crazy to think about I, I that's just like i remember like listening to ben talk about it and it's just it's crazy how much time has already passed and like how much the space has changed already so yeah it was just crazy it's changed since his episode, probably. <laughs> oh, I mean, holy shit. Since Ben's episode dropped, like, yeah, we've seen, uh, we've seen like Moonbirds and now other, <laughs> other side, you know? And like, he had a massive sale. True. true. Shout yeah. out Ben. Yeah. Nailed it. Shout out Ben. Yeah, for sure. What a crazy, what a crazy thing that was. Uh, but yeah, I mean, just it, the, the space changes often, but, you know, in like the grand perspective and the grand scheme of things, like, it's astronomical, like how different it is. And I think photography is like having its day in the sun right now too, like in the NFT space. It's awesome. Yeah. Well, we're, we're like learning too about like how interconnected, you know, everything really is. And just like the support of the photography community first and, you know, just being introduced to like folks naturally, you know, as this kind of was set up is, um, you know, pretty eye opening to just to see the support that everyone has um, kind of already instilled. It's kind of in your nature. Yeah, you know, like like I said, like a lot of people came from photo Twitter, uh, which is kind of like what they used to call it, you know, and photo so like Twitter. a lot of the NFT, <laughs> like the original NFT artists are like digital, but like the NFT photographers who were here first were like the people who were already in the, the community on Twitter, you know, so it kind of, it kind of just like transitioned super seamlessly. Um, but yeah, you know, like, yeah, photography is going crazy right now. I mean, right now is like a really similar time to what was happening last August and like last summer. Uh, we, we saw like this very thing kind of uh, already happen, which it's funny, you know, like we're, we're having like all these conversations about like additions and uh, pricing. And like, if you were here last summer, like we already talked about this you know and like, <laughs> but like there's new there's so many new people entering in every day so it's like you know it's like you got to have these conversations like often because the market changes so frequently too so it's like it's good to have them but it's just funny because we've had these conversations and like you know like everybody's like oh man like holy shit we've never seen anything like this and it's like dude if you were here last august when the collection boom <laughs> happened like you, you would be uh, you'd be saying otherwise, but it's like really cool. It's, it's really cool to see it because like a lot of the people who are who are here last year are still here. And, uh, you know, a lot of those people are doing some really cool things right now. And like a lot of those projects that were started last year, like they're they're like in their they're still in their infancy, but they've like grown so much. And like the artists behind them have grown so much. 
And, and it's re- that's what, like why Web3 is so great too, is like, it's like a, a real time live update on like, not only like the, the work itself, but the artist too. So it's like, yeah, it's been, it's been really cool for sure, but it's changed so much. It's crazy. Yeah. That, and that's like parallel across all, you know, verticals of the, of the space really like, um, you know, when you're kind of just following, it's almost like you can, there's going to be a point in time when like you, you're going to be charging people to get into your space. Cause you're talking about something for like the hundredth time. <laughs> it's like, all right, dude, we talked about this three weeks ago. Sure. Um, but it, it is just kind of crazy to see the natural evolution, but for, from your end, so I was looking back at your, some of your collections and was that summer July, was July when you first minted stuff. And I guess, can you take us through the process of what your mindset was in terms of understanding, learning, and then executing on ideas? Yeah, yeah, sure. Uh, so going back to February, like spending hours and hours in clubhouse, um, at that point, that was, that was like the, the moment where photographers were still like battling with themselves in the market on whether or not they needed to add some layer of digital manipulation to their image. So like 90% of photographers that were, were minting their work, they were like struggling to, to decide whether or not they needed to animate it or to like add a glitch effect to it. So at the time, like, yeah, uh, still, still work in still frames didn't really have like a huge market. And so eventually like I decided that like, okay, I wasn't going to like animate or do anything digital to my work other than like the normal stuff that I would already do. Um, so I, I minted my first photograph in March. Uh, I believe it was March like 16th or March 19th or something along those lines. And I, I actually took like a really similar approach to Ben where like, I already had like this idea that I wanted to like curate my work on these platforms in a way that would kind of like represent like each style of my work, if that makes sense. Like Ben really spoke on like keeping foundation for this type of work and then like using OpenSea for like uh, the the collections and like the the bodies of work that he was shooting. So I, I like took a similar approach and, and at the time, like I had no idea what I was doing. Like I didn't, I was just like, I'm gonna mint some of my favorite photos I've taken recently uh, and like, we'll see what happens. And at the time, like, you know, ETH was probably $1,200 or like $1,000 and uh, maybe, maybe $1,400, I think it was actually, because I sold, I sold my first image like seven days after I minted it on foundation. And it was a, a, a photograph from New York City that I made. And uh, yeah, that was like my first foray into like selling photographs on the blockchain. And uh, it was on foundation and it was in March. And, you know, like, there weren't really many photographers selling work at the time. Like there was probably a group of like a few hundred photographers that I would, I was seeing like actively selling work, you know, and, and in like the grand scheme of things, like a few hundred is very little. And uh, so we were just chilling, you know, and then like basically March, April, May, and even June, it was all like exploration and, uh, kind of like experimentation and trying to figure out like what worked and e- like really trying to answer the question on if photographers even like really had a solid place in Web3. Because at the time, like the narrative was still that like it was a space for digital art. It wasn't a space for these like traditional mediums, you know. And so 
like all, all of those spring and early summer months, like I was just minting like my favorite photographs that I was making like recently. Uh, I didn't have like any, I wouldn't say long-term, I would say more like, I didn't have like this grand idea of how I wanted my web three presence to be felt, you know, and that, that didn't really happen until, until hidden in plain sight, which came around in, uh, in August and hidden in plain sight was a, uh, like a photographic body of work that I I've been shooting and I still am, uh, for like over the, the past two and a half years almost. And this body of work like came into existence as a physical, like 30 page zine. Uh, I released it as like a 75 of 75 limited edition zine in uh, February, actually, of last year. So like it kind of coincided with NFTs and like the introduction of Web3. And like I released the zine and it like sold out. And then like I moved like I moved on from that straight into Web3. And it wasn't until like August where I kind of like realized that I had like a, a longer form body of work that I could put out as like a, a collection. And at the time, uh, like I, my, all my stuff went live August 1st for hidden in plain sight. And at the time there were like less than 10 collections on OpenSea, uh, like for, for photography, like, you know, Justin Aversano's twin flames was like the first, uh, like there were no other photographic collections on OpenSea. And then there was, uh, there were a few people like Frankie and Alex and just like a couple of other like OG photographers who uh, put out their longer form bodies of work on OpenSea. And, and then, yeah, I kind of ran with that. And like, I, I brought like a lot of inspiration on how like Justin set up his, his, uh, his OpenSea portfolio and like, just kind of, you know, taking a little bit from, from each person that had done it before me. And then yeah, released the collection on August 1st. And, and that was like, really when I realized, I was like, oh, like there's a lot more to this than I, than I even realized. And I had spent, you know, six months, seven months already, like trying to learn like the ins and outs of the space. And uh, at the time, like, yeah, seven, eight months in, there was only like a few photography collections. And now you fast forward to this year and it's like, it's insane, you know? So yeah, it's, it's, it's crazy. I mean, the, those first six months were really like learning like if there were collectors for photography and like how they interacted with us and like if there was going to be a relationship like how that would mold and then like how that would like kind of lead us into a direction like there were there was so much learning and so much uh exploration around like how we go about this as an artist and yeah, it, it was, it was crazy. I mean, what it like last summer was the boom, you know, like that was, that was really what kicked off like the, the craziest point in my time in NFT so far, for sure. Did you get any insane shots on that drive from Albuquerque to Ohio? Yeah, dude, absolutely, man. So like, I, I travel a lot. Like I, uh, like a lot of my work is like revolved around like just me, me always being on the road. And that goes back from to like when I started photography. And uh, it's funny though, like that drive is like 1700 miles. And uh, like the second 25 image drop I did for Hidden in Plain Sight, pretty much all of those images, except for a few of them were shot on that road trip. So like, wow. it, dude, it was amazing, man. Yeah, it was like, like when I look back at like times where I was like making the work that I thought was the best, like that comes out that, that like, I don't know, like, month and a half two month period where i was 
in the Southwest and then like doing the road trip back and forth from Ohio. Like, uh, it was great, man. Yeah. Like some of my favorite photographs for sure. They have road trip vibes to them for sure. Yeah, that comes yeah, through. Man. Yeah. You know, like it's, it's funny. Like that's what, like kind of what I look at when I look at them now, that's what I see. Um, but like that, the series really started off as just like a way to, to appreciate the things that are like closest to you, you know? So it was like almost to some regard, like, the opposite of like a road trip series, you know, it was really like looking around and like finding beauty and the things that are closest. And, you know, that kind of led into me like shooting a lot of the work while I was on road trips, you know? So uh, yeah, I appreciate that though. Thanks. I, uh, I, I really love a lot of the, the work from like the sixties and seventies of like the, the great road trip photographers like Stephen Shore and uh, like tons of those, you know, Fred Herzog and tons of those guys. So yeah, no, it's cool. It's, 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 it's been a, it's been a real crazy uh, journey with this series. Honestly, it's, it's brought me like all over the country. So it's been really cool. And those are analog photographs, right? Yeah. Yep. All of them are shot on uh, medium format film for sure. That's wild. So what's it like, like carrying all that film around? You have to be like extra careful <laughs> with that in the desert. <laughs> uh, yeah. You know, like you get kind of used to it. No, it's not, it's not like too crazy. I, I don't know. Like I usually like now that I live down here, like it's different, but like when I was doing these long road trips, it was like, you know, I don't know, you throw 50 or 60 rolls in a Ziploc bag and, <laughs> and you hope. Try, try to keep it cool. And uh, you know, like I, I, when I'm on my, when I'm on these long road trips, like I sleep in my car most of the time and just kind of like camp, like car camp and stuff. So like, you know, you got to kind of be careful, but like it, it's, it's pretty rad. I mean, shooting analog is like, every uh it's like the most important part of my process so it's 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 all it's all fun you know it's all really enjoyable what's the percentage to analog to digital in your like blockchain portfolio uh all analog wow you're the first first photographer we've spoke to that's fully analog that's really cool thanks man yeah it's um i haven't so i shoot i shoot a lot of weddings and like client work and real estate so like i have like digital cameras for some client work um, but even weddings nowadays, like I shoot, I shoot my weddings, like 75% analog. And then like, you know, I'll shoot the ceremony and like a few other important moments on digital. And, um, but yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's like the only way I really enjoy shooting, honestly. Like I love making photos no matter what, but there's just like something like really beautiful about picking up like a camera and, and having like complete control over it from front to start, you know, like the, the entire process is hands-on. So it's, it's super enjoyable in that regard, for sure. It's interesting you say, too, like, I haven't heard that perspective of making a photo. Like, you, you like, I cut you, from our perspective, you kind of understand the process of, you know, developing and, and, and finding your light and, like, the whole process. But I've never heard to it. I think it, you know, takes someone who's, it's truly in their blood to use making a photo there. So <laughs> <laughs> I'll give you credit for that. That's Actually, we're, we're pretty dumb about how you develop film you want to give us sure. like a however short you want to make that summary yeah, but like are, yeah. there's chemicals involved that's all yeah, I know. yeah yeah so like uh like film itself is like uh a basically it looks like a strip of plastic but it's it's not plastic it's like a bunch of natural chemicals actually and and products but basically when you when you take a photograph and you you wind up your film you you have to get that film out of the canister or out of the paper without it being exposed to light. So the first thing you do is just 
put your like you have a dark bag or like a closet you go into and you unravel the film or you open the canister and you load it onto a film reel and uh it's you know it's exactly what you think it is and once your film's on the film reel you put it into a light proof container and then you have like a depending on what film you shot you have a two three or even like four or five step chemical bath process and it's basically just like baking you have to follow it in order at certain temperatures and uh yeah you just you heat your chemicals up for color film it's super easy you just you get them to 102 degrees and then you do your developer for three and a half minutes and you have to agitate it uh every 30 seconds so there's kind of you have to like make sure the chemicals run over all parts of the film so that's like really important but after you do the uh developer you have to you have to basically stabilize the film so it doesn't get uh ruined when it comes out of the container and so you do a stabilizer and what they call a fixer in bleach bath and that's like an eight minute process and you do the same thing uh and then once you pour that out uh you just wash your film you wash it for like i don't know five minutes ten minutes you get all the like leftover residual chemicals off and then you hang it to dry and then you can like look at it in the light and uh see all your your photographs and then you cut it scan it and sleeve it and then you're done and then it becomes like a digital photo uh, yeah i did that so everyone could understand that when you just push the button on your phone and you now have a picture this <laughs> is what it takes to make like a photograph <laughs> like yeah, that's it, nuts it, it's, a, it's a process you know like i it's it's really become like so much of a process that like i have to have like space for it and you have to have like a lot of equipment now like for me to get like a, a film photograph like onto the internet and online uh like it's like a whole like i don't know for one photograph you have to develop it and scan it and maybe convert it and edit it it's like a multiple hour process because like developing alone and scanning like is like 30 minutes for developing and then you have to wait two hours for it to dry you know so yeah <laughs> it, it is really a uh, an intensive and hands-on process but uh, you know, it's, it's kind of just like whatever tool I, I, I always like, this is how I've, I always, uh, think of it, but, uh, whatever tool works best for the job, you know, like everybody's got their preference and like, I used to shoot only digital, like it, you know, it's not like it's film wasn't like always my go-to medium, you know, like I used to shoot a lot of, of film just for fun. Like even growing up, like I, I shot my parents' film camera, but like, uh, it wasn't until like, you know, four or five years ago that I really like got into it and like really took the process to heart and and kind of like uh revolved my, all of my work around it so it's uh yeah it's great i mean but it is it is really intensive and it's fun and it's uh like anybody that does it will tell you that there's nothing like it there's like nothing nothing like pulling your photographs like out of a tube of chemicals <laughs> and like washing them off and looking at them in the light and being like holy fuck like that photo that I just shot, like whatever it is, like it, it is now like, it, it doesn't exist on your hard drive yet. It will, but like it exists in like this binder filled with all of these other photos and like you can pick it up and you can tear it up and it'll never exist again, you know, like yeah. for whatever you want to do with it. Like I, I have friends who manipulate their negatives and like burn their negatives and then scan them. And then like, you know, and, and that's, that's permanent, you know, you can't undo that. So that's like the cool part is that it's like so, I don't know, it's just like so tangible. And uh, yeah, super, it, it's just, it's great for sure. 
you had mentioned like um, messing with the negatives and stuff, like how much of the development process can you manipulate to edit your photos? Or do you leave some of that for after it's been scanned? A good bit, actually. And uh, you can you can do that with black and white and color. But like it, black, black and white especially is very... Um, very sensitive. Uh, if, if, for instance, if you leave the, the, the film in the chemicals for 30 seconds too long, like you're going to have noticeable contrast differences than you would if you had it developed for the proper amount of time. Uh, you would probably see like bigger grain, you know, so like you can use those things to your advantage too, like if that's like something you really vibe with. Um, so yeah, it, it's really interesting. Like there's, there are like for as many recipes as there are to make chocolate chip cookies, there are that many recipes on how to develop your film and get certain results. Uh, so <laughs> that's it's crazy very, to think about. What a craft, man. Yeah. It's like a very personal process. You know, everybody does it differently. Like I've watched like a lot of my friends develop their film and like they do it like, like you would look and be like, those are, they're not going to have like even close to similar results, but like, you know, <laughs> you still get the simple, they're, they're all going to be similar. Cause like, you know, you can like, you can shake up your negatives and they're going to be really, really contrasty. You know, if you, you, you just shake the bottle of film for the whole three minutes, it's in developer, like it's going to come <laughs> out like something like clearly went wrong. <laughs> you know what I mean? uh, but for the most part, like, you know, it, it's just so, yeah, it's really personal. Like it is a process and like everybody has their own little tricks and, you know, trades, uh, tricks and, and stuff of the trade, you know, it, it is, it is a craft, I think for sure. And I think that's like why a lot of people still do it. Like it's, uh, it's so different from shooting digital, you know? Yeah. A lot of room for experimentation. I feel like. Sure. Yeah, there is, there, there really is. I mean, you know, and again, it's like, you, you if you take a photograph on a digital camera, you cannot turn it or you can turn it black and white or color or whatever you want to do. But if, especially with black and white film, you know, if you shoot black and white film, like that'll, you'll never have the option for color. And, uh, you know, luckily with softwares and stuff, like if you shoot color film, you can still turn it black and white. Um, but yeah, you know, it, it, it is cool. Like I, and, and another thing like, is like when, when you scan film, like that's, that's like really, it, it's basically editing. You know, because every scanner, every person, they have a different preference. Like not all scanners are the same, just like not all of our color uh, interpretation is the same. Like, you know, the red that I see is probably going to look slightly different to you. Right. And, uh, that so shit like, still boggles my mind. <laughs> yeah, yes. I know, right? I mean, that's the crazy <laughs> thing, you know? And like, that, that's why like some scanners, like specific like pieces of hardware, like they're so expensive still, like even if they were made in the 70s, 80s or 90s is because they, when you scan film with them, they have like a very distinct look and recognizable look. And, you know, everybody that scans film, like it's it's all interpretive and it's uh, it's very much personal. So yeah, it, it's really great. But yeah, I, I don't think, I'm not sure if I'll ever uh, mint a digital image. I like, and that's mainly due to the fact that like, I don't shoot any of my personal work on digital so like there's really no option unless i switch to digital or unless like i make a photograph that i like really love on digital so like and that that doesn't happen often because i don't shoot with one so it's like, <laughs> you know, it's like conundrum but yeah, yeah I, there, there are a lot of uh a lot of ways to do it you know it's just like i said it's just a tool but i, I do really enjoy the process for sure free idea for an open seat collection imagine taking the same negative and you process it a different way every time. Say you make 
30 editions, but you process them all different and describe how you got to that outcome. That would be extremely cool. Yeah, it's actually a really sweet idea. I'll, uh, I'll have to point <laughs> you guys in a direction. There's a, a friend of mine, Max, Max Allborn. He did a, uh, a really cool film collection called Negative Space. And uh, basically what he did is he spliced all of the images uh, that are in the collection. So like at, at some point in the photograph, some section of it is the actual negative and then it transitions to like a real image, you know, like a color image, wow. or a image. But if you go to it and you see it, like you'll actually, it's like really cool. It kind of puts it into perspective because like you can see like on each image, like what it looks like before the photo is converted into a positive image. So it's really cool. And Larry's uh, pulling it up now. Oh, yeah, yeah, trying. We, we were just saying before, I was like, our, it feels like um, my phone is just choosing to slow down over the last couple of days. It's like slowly just planned obsolescence. Itself. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's uh, going for us. Like a, I'm still on like an iPhone 10 or like an XR. So like it's like <laughs> three years old. I mean, it shouldn't be that bad, but like it's such a piece of shit. <laughs> Honestly, saying it's three years old, like I think my phone's about like the same at this point. It's a multiple versions back, but like, you should be able to have a three-year-old phone. Uh, that's a three-year-old phone. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> that's what I'm saying. But also, it's probably just open C. Let's be yeah. real. That could also like exactly because I am I am on the page yeah. and it just isn't showing it. So yeah, you, can't, you can't see anything. <laughs> <there>. so, <laughs> there's literally nothing there. Uh, Tyler's, Tyler's always pushing for ideas, but yeah, I, I try. No, I don't think they've materialized in any way, but so we got to that first open sea collection. When did you, um, oh shit. No, we did. You were on foundation before open sea, right? Yeah. So I yeah, was like, you all on my ones and stuff like the, like just random photos that I loved, like were on foundation. And then open sea was in August when I did hidden in plain sight for the first time. Yeah. And the street editions out there too. Yeah, actually, yeah. Let me rewind. I, I didn't even I didn't even touch on the editions, and it's funny. Too. Those are cool. Thanks, man. Yeah, that, that, that's a nice collection. It took me a second to like gather the structure because of like looking at Open Seas. Like, all right, well, okay, there's 10, 15, 15. This, yeah. is, this makes sense. Open yeah. Seas weird, man. When it comes to the editions, um, but yeah, you know, it's it's funny because like we're we're having the conversation on editions again. Yeah. <laughs> And uh, we have this, again, you know, we had this conversation last May and last June, uh, but it's good to, <laughs> it, it is good to have because people need reminding that additions are a great way to get your work into like a multitude of collectors hands because it's hard to sell. Let's be real. It's hard to sell a photo for a thousand dollars or 0.25 mm-hmm. ETH or whatever that may be. You know what I mean? And it's a lot easier for me and a lot easier for other artists and just other collectors in general to spend 50 to 150, maybe even $250. Um, but yeah, last May was cool. I, uh, before I did Hidden in Plain Sight on OpenSea, I was like, I have these five photographs from New York. Um, like there were a few other people doing editions. Chris, Christopher Shin uh, was doing editions and a few other friends. And so I was like, oh, I'll, I'll hop on the train and see if this is a trend or if this is something that's going to last, but like, let's try it. And uh, so I, I picked five photos and I did one of them, a five of five, two of them, a 10 of 10, uh, one of them, a 15 of 15, and one of them, a 25 of 25. And they all ranged in, in price from like 0.035 ETH to 0.05 ETH, I think. 
I might have even had one a little bit lower. Like I think, yeah, I think there was one at 025. I think that I think there, yeah, I think there was. And so it was like really like, I mean, it's not a lot of ETH if you just sell one of them. It's like, you know, it's like selling a print. But if all of them sell, you know, you all of a sudden you have five, six, seven hundred dollars off of one photo. And, and it's basically just like selling limited edition prints, you know, so it's like kind of cool in that regard. Um, but yeah, and so the I the collectors. The, yeah, the collectors yeah, you know, is huge. Very. Yeah, it's super cool. Like it, it gives you an opportunity to like build that collector base and, and like find people who connect with your art at a price point that they can afford. And uh, yeah, so I, I did all of those and. They all sold out except for one of them, uh, the 25 of 25, which was the price at 0.05 ETH. And basically like 18 of, it was so funny actually, like 18 of them sold like all the way through September. Like, cause I, I did Hidden in Plain Sight and three drops. So like, it was like every time that I sold a few pieces from Hidden in Plain Sight, like a few editions would sell or something like that. And then like, I just stopped promoting them uh and like additions kind of like went on the back burner for everyone again and like people were like oh additions are bad like they they take away from the value of your one of ones and so on and so forth so nobody was buying additions uh for a, a while and then <laughs> and then oh fuck yeah no shit right <laughs> holy holy hell like x copy had a ton of additions sitting for like super affordable stellar acid like all those like all those dudes and <laughs> I mean, even last year, like holy shit, you could make you could have made a bag by now. Yeah. Could have, could have. <laughs> I know, I know, <laughs> I know. And oh uh, man, so nobody wanted additions <laughs> up until seemingly like two months ago. Right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I was like, here, you get as many as you want. <laughs> Drift knocked yeah, that it, one it, out it, of the park. Exactly, dude. Holy shit. Yeah, I mean, you know, so like all of a sudden that happens, and uh, you know, now now additions are on the. To come up again and, yeah <laughs> Give it two it months <laughs> two months we're back to one of one season <laughs> i i know i know i know it's it's hysterical but like it's funny because like edition season came back and all of my editions are gone now like the <laughs> yeah. seven the seven that didn't sell last year when nobody wanted editions they sat for six months and now they're gone so like you know it's just waves we just gotta hold on for the ride yeah, you know, everything comes in waves. And like, I, I, at this point, like, I feel like I've seen the, the wave over and over. Like, I don't know if it's multiple waves. I think it's just the same wave that just keeps coming. And eventually- <laughs> Good way to put it. Yeah, I don't know, you know, like additions, one of ones, like this talk about if PFPs are good or bad for the market, like so on and so forth. Utility. Like, I know, I know. It's like, we're going to have this conversation all the time. So yeah, additions- came before Hidden in Plain Sight. Uh, and then the first drop of Hidden in Plain Sight was on August 1st. And then the second drop was the following week on the same on the Sunday. So I, I've, I've always done my drops on Sundays for some reason. But, uh, <laughs> it was always at 1 p.m. EST. And uh, so it was like two Sundays in a row. And then, and then I ran out of photos. Like I, I had shot like 50 photos for Hidden in Plain Sight up to that point. And I minted and they all sold. And I was like, oh shit, like, I, and I like to preface that, like I had wanted to do like a really long form project. So like, I wasn't even close to being done, but like, I was like, oh shit, like I have people wanting more of these and like people want to buy. I was like, I should probably go shoot some of these. And the market and, like, demands it. You gotta yeah, go. I was like, I should probably go shoot some of these. And like, I had a wedding in Colorado. So like, 
on my road trip out. And while I was in Colorado, like I shot, I don't know, probably 50 photos just that trip. And uh, I came back and I minted the the remaining 25 that I had. And uh, that brought the total up to 75. And that's, that's where we've been sitting for, uh, you know, three, oh shit, almost eight months now. And uh, almost seven months, actually. Yes, a little over seven months. And yeah, we're, uh, we're almost done, man. I've got like <laughs> maybe one or two more photos to, to uh, finalize. And the final 25 are coming out soon. So I'm, I'm pretty stoked. So do you shoot a bunch on analog that you just don't end up using at the end of the day? Oh man. Yeah. Like I, um, I'll give you like a, a very recent, just like statistic, I guess, but like, so I, I was just in Denver. Uh, I got, I got back from Ohio and I flew into Denver and then I drove down to Albuquerque and, uh, I shot four rolls on my way down and I came away with like one photo from each roll basically that, wow. I, that I wanted to use, you know, that I thought was either good enough or like, had the best composition out of the four or five that I, I took on that, that scene. And yeah, so it's, it's like, a I mean, out of all my roles, man, like I, I have very few keep keepers, you know, like they're all good, but like the ones I use, you know, like my, my work is like very, it's like a one in 10, 10% chance. It's probably a 10% hit rate, something like that, that I, that I might use. So you, do you look at the negatives or have you ever gotten to the point where you've developed one and go, shit, no, this wasn't it either. Oh yeah, man. I, I mean, I've, I've, I'll, I'll pull one out. I'll show you right now. I mean, I know nobody listening can see these, but you guys can. Like, <laughs> we do this all the time. Yeah. I did develop these uh, the other day. So you guys, I don't know if you can see. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. So there's yep. a, there's a photograph that this one will actually be in hidden in plain sight. Uh, all, all of these other ones will not be. So uh, <laughs> yeah, you know, like one of, one of these in, and on my, the camera I shoot, I only get 10, 10 photos per roll. So it's, uh, you know, yeah, I, I see like generally what I do is like, I find something I like and then I shoot 10 photos of it or more. And then I move on, you know, like something, maybe even shoot seven or eight photos, maybe not a whole roll, but, uh, and that's funny too. Cause like on digital, you know, like if I were to do that, I would probably shoot like a hundred photos right? <laughs> to make sure I kept the guy got one I kept, you know? So. Yeah, I mean, film costs money, which, you know, yeah, takes away yeah. from your lifestyle. So. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely, there's definitely an expense to it. It's uh, I mean, just doing, you know, tax season just came and went and uh, just to see the expenses at the end of the year for like film related uh, equipment and <laughs> supplies. It's, it's kind of absurd, but uh, yeah, it's all part of it. So. So then what's your process like when you're, you know, you have like a finite amount of shots and you, you, you like, you're not going to know obviously what, what it's going to look like or how it comes out really, you know, obviously until the end product, but like while you're shooting and you're approaching, like, I guess, what's the feeling of like knowing that you might have the shot within this, you know, say one to 10 that you're working with? Yeah. Uh, for me, it's, I, I like generally look at the scene for a few minutes before I do anything. Uh, Cause like sometimes, you know, there's, there's something I want to photograph, but there's no good photo of it. So you can't really take a good photo uh, or at least I can't. And so, but generally, yeah, it just takes like a little bit of time for me to like look at something and, and see the photo. And then from there, it's really just like, if the light's not quite what I want it, I'll like wait for the light to get better. Uh, if I have that opportunity. Uh, but if I don't, you know, I'll, I'll kind of just explore like, 
the compositions that that stand out to me like right off the bat and then like through that uh observation process like i'll generally like find a few details that i want to focus on too and you know and and for some of the stuff i shoot because like I, I shoot a lot of street photography too and in documentary work and uh a lot of that stuff like i you don't have that opportunity you know like a, a lot of my work that i've been doing recently outside of hidden in plain sight like you only have like a half of a second or maybe a few seconds to get something that you want. And uh, whereas like hidden in plain sight, it's like the complete opposite. Like I have, generally I have time to explore the scene and I have time to, to set up the, the shot to be exactly what I want. Uh, like there are, there are very few times where I come away with like rolls of film that I've shot that I don't have anything that I like. Um, like that, that doesn't generally happen. Like I might not use those photos for anything, but like, I still think they're good photos. Um, but yeah, so it just depends on what I'm, you know, like what I'm shooting and like what I'm working on. But for the most part, it comes down to like, yeah, just like observing for a little bit and like studying before I do anything. And like just that foresight to kind of take your time and, and really look at something before you take a photo of it. Like, that, that it kind of extends those 10 images like a lot further on a roll of film. You know what I mean? Yeah. The, in the project temporary that you have, that must've been really tough in that regard, like capturing those moments, right? Yeah. Like all of those are candid uh, moments that like will, will never be able to be recreated. Whereas like hidden in plain sight, like I could go and make those, I could make similar photos to those. Uh, as long as those scenes are still existent as they are, and a lot of those aren't. Uh, but like temporary is all, yeah, that's all like very decisive moments in New York City. Uh, and those are all captured on film as well. And, you know, like for, for every, each, each of those photographs in temporary, like I only have one of, like, you know what I mean? Right. I have two or three or four options to choose from. So it's, it's yeah, it's very, very contrasting in that regard. But like temporary is like so different from from hidden in plain sight. So it was really yeah, it's like really interesting to kind of explore the differences too, you know. Yeah, I think it's really helpful for people who maybe, you know, don't take a second look at photography because they're like, well, I can take a picture on my phone. Like I hope that when people hear people like you, people like Dave Krugman talk about photography that it is an art, like it's very difficult to capture the moments like you guys do, like, and listening to you talk about it. I mean, God damn, you do so much to get that like onto a computer. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, and that, that's like another thing too, is like, and I guess like I, you know, even on the street, like if I was shooting digital, like I would just put, if I was shooting street on a digital camera, I would just put it in like the highest, fastest mode possible and I would just like, if I had something I wanted to shoot, I would just hold the shutter down and I would have those options, you know, like, and that's like the, the, one of the differences, you know, is like that, like how I shoot and like why I shoot is like very, very specific, you know, and like intentional in that regard. And, and like, ideally, like I only need one shot. Like that's the goal for all of it too, you know, is like a lot of the times when I'm shooting hidden in plain sight, it's really funny. Like I'll just, I'll shoot a whole roll of film on one scene that I like. And I'll be like, damn, like, I know I'm going to use probably the first photo I took because that's what I <laughs> and then like, I got all of these extras just in case, you know? Um, but yeah, it, it's a process. And like, I, I think that's like one of the best things about it too, is like it, in web three right now, especially like, it's really easy to see people's processes, like, because we're so transparent online, you know, right now. So like, 
it's it's been great to kind of like not only explore my own process through that but like you know kind of hear other people and like see what other people are doing because I don't know you know like Instagram and like web two social media like I guess before Instagram stories you didn't really have like those behind the scenes you know like you didn't have like that intentionality to like show your audience or like the people around you what you were doing and like how you were doing it so uh yeah you know it's it's been really cool to explore like just like the process of of making a photograph and seeing how other people do it and yeah it's, it's been really cool it's always been something that like fascinates me in a way where you know i i enjoy i can take you know good pictures on my phone and you know but like understanding angles and lighting and stuff and hearing you explain it's another a whole nother level um i'm thinking now too and i'm i don't know if other people will be thinking too so what what's where's the 90 percent of the photos that you don't mint or like do you like do you just hold on to those do you do you sell them as like individual prints or anything or like um what no, type of binder are they sitting in uh, yeah, I have, I have four <laughs> binders right next to me, like that are just stuffed full with, with negatives from the last few years. And, uh, like, so I don't know, it's, 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 it's interesting. Cause like, and those are just my film photos, you know, like I have a Lightroom catalog filled with 50,000 or a hundred thousand photos. Jeez. <laughs> nobody will ever see, you know, because just like, not what I present. Anymore. Literally will not see the light of day. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely not. You know? And like, a lot of those photos are from like when I first got into photography and like when I first started uh, shooting, which in like the, the subject matter was so different, but like even like a lot of my recent stuff, like the 90% that nobody will see is like, that's mainly because like I'm someone that I, I shoot in bodies of work and projects. I don't really shoot for like a single image. And that's like, uh, that's, I don't know, that's like partially just because like, that's how I view storytelling, like within uh, like a photographic body of work. And so for me, like a lot of these photos, like somebody will, you guys will maybe see like way, way down the line, like when, when things are done, if that makes sense, you know what I mean? Cause like right now, like a big portion of my archive is like work that I've been shooting in the Southwest that isn't a part of hidden in plain sight. Like a lot of those photos are from Puerto Rico, which I've been, I've been shooting a project there for like a little over two years. <laughs> uh, like a lot of these photos are just like st stuff that is like bound to like an idea. And like, that is the reason like it hasn't seen the light of day and it may never see the light of day, you know, like, I don't know. It's hard. It's hard to say because like, there's a part of me that wants to like, mint on super rare and mint a bunch of one of ones and like because i have a lot of photos that like stand alone and that aren't part of a project they're just like photos i made like with friends or like out on a walk or like just like i went to take photos one day because i was bored i didn't have any intentions you know like yeah there's like a lot of good photos but like uh i i don't know like i guess i'll, I'll probably unless my mindset changes and unless like the way i view photography changes uh, I'll, they'll probably just wait. They'll like those. They'll probably just sit there and wait until like whatever project they're a part of is done. You know, it's a good way to put it. And I think people like to understanding how difficult it is just to sit, like, you know, you can make the decision or have the ability to, you know, mint on super air or like put your work out there, but it's just, you know, it's no guarantee. It's such a, such a long process of yeah. actually deciding what you're putting out the story behind it. And, you know, understanding kind of the 
actual meaning behind it, the purpose to why it's you know available to you on the blockchain or whatever, however you want to uh, yeah. put it out there. But um, no, yeah, I, I, understanding like we were looking at your collections earlier, but getting an understanding to them now is uh, just puts a total different perspective on them. So. Um, you did a good job explaining. Uh, yeah, and I, I, I also for that. I took a, a look at your wedding photography as well, and like now after talking to you, it's like you can see the storytelling in that. Like you, that lends really well to a wedding photographer, where you get you know you could have standard pictures, or you could tell a story of that day. You know, yeah, um, how do you use that practice like in balancing your your personal work was as well? Yeah, I I, I like to think so. You know, because that's that's really like how I um. I view weddings and and really view like any client work is like, you know, you're hired to like the, the bottom line is you're hired to like deliver a product. Um, But that product, like in my eyes should be something that like fulfills the narrative of whatever you're shooting, you know? And, uh, and I think for me, like that, it's really like infiltrated my personal work probably like in part because of that, you know, Uh, like, cause I, I didn't really start shooting bodies of work like this um until four three or four years ago you know and like i've been shooting weddings for five years um so you know it's interesting like i I didn't come to like i didn't go to art school i didn't come to to photography from like this uh conceptual background uh like i came at it because like i loved making photos of landscapes and that eventually turned into like shooting a wedding for my cousin which turned into shooting weddings for other people, which turned into like no longer having to work like a nine to five because like I was shooting weddings and I was like, Oh, this is cool. Like now I guess, I guess like, this is my career now. Like, I guess this is what I'm doing instead of like uh, the other, the other job I was doing prior to that, you know? And like, so it's, it, it is interesting. Like, I think that's probably why it's like infiltrated and really, um, really kind of fueled my personal work and like, my my interest in like shooting a series rather than just like one photograph like you know i i don't know yeah it's interesting because like everybody kind of approaches it differently you know like there are there are a ton of like really talented photographers who like they their work is insane but they they don't have a body of work you know they they just have like these photos on super rare and like they're just fucking they're just good you know like and that's that's enough (laughs) Uh, you know, like that for me, that's enough, you know, but like, I don't, I don't know. I just don't think that way. It's just, it's funny. Like, I don't, I don't think I can, I'll ever be able to go out just to like make a good photo and then come home. And it's like, here's this photo I made and it has this background, like the story. And like, it, there's this like, so there's just so much to it, you know? So like, it, it is really all about storytelling. And, uh, for me at least, you know, I think in that respect, you could probably get away with it. If that one singular photo told such a story absolutely that, you know that it works absolutely you know and, and i actually kind of like those are the kind of the images that i minted early on last year on foundation uh like i ended up doing like two three-part mini series on foundation before they got rid of the uh, the shared contract and so like my first uh like 11 photos or maybe 10 photos or something like that were all standalone images that like if they they were all like made in new york all on film like they were all like my style quote unquote uh but they they didn't they weren't cohesive they weren't together you know they they were just there 
Um, and then like, I, I remember doing like a little set from New York city on uh, foundation called Brooklyn mornings. And it was like a three part mini series. And that was like, I was like, Oh, this is cool. You know, like I, like, I really enjoyed like the, uh, the, the, the aspect of being able to like sequence images together to like, uh, portray something different than if they just were mangled up and mashed up in any which way. So yeah, you know, it, it is fun. Like I imagine, like, like I said, I have a lot of images that I, I could just mint and they would be dope. Uh, and I'd be like, yeah, that's cool. Like I have this photo up and it's a one of one and it's like not part of a collection. Um, but maybe in the future, I, I, I don't know, you know, it's just like one of those things, just like kind of my approach to it for sure. I love it, man. I think it's uniquely you and storytelling is what we're here for pretty much. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh, totally, man. I appreciate it. That's the crux. Um, so I, I guess, I don't know if I'm, I either miss this or like, so forgive me if this is a question that you already answered, but like, as far as when you entered, right. Like, cause you, you were talking about the weddings and, and, you know, leaving your nine to five COVID hits, no more weddings. Mm-hmm. Was that the point where it was like, you had the time to kind of look around and, and found NFTs in a way, or like found these rooms or like, is what was the journey to finding uh, like that even onboarding? Yeah. Yeah. So um, let's see, I shot my first wedding in winter of the 2017 or 2018, one of the two. And yeah, basically the year before COVID I shot a decent amount of weddings and was super stoked about it. And uh, like March, what was it? March 11th or March 20th or something like that is when the whole country basically shut down. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And St. Patrick's Day weekend for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, so I had just gotten back from Puerto Rico. Uh, that's like right when I started my, my project there, my girlfriend and I went there. Barely made it back. <laughs> I'm not even kidding. Dude. We were in the airport, like hearing things about like get the country shutting down and airports going to be closed soon. And we were like, oh fuck. And, uh, <laughs> So like, yeah, I remember looking at the calendar, uh, like a week or two before I left for Puerto Rico and I was like, damn, this is going to be a good year. You know? like, <laughs> I was like, I've been working my ass off trying to book as many weddings as I could. Oh no. I was like, dude, I'm so stoked right now. Like I had a full calendar. Like it was, it was great. I was, I was ready to take it all on. And, um, yeah, so the announcement comes through and within like a week. I was down like 50 or I was down like 50% of my weddings. My workload had gotten cut in half. And I was like, all right, this is interesting. This is, this is okay. Like I've been here before, like no big deal. (laughs) I just got to adjust my expectations a little bit, you know, and and this was 2020. So this was like pre NFTs. Like I was still very much uh, reliant on like client work. And uh, like, I didn't, I didn't even like have this idea that this could be possible yet, you know? So it was yep. like a very different time. And so I, uh, I, the first couple months go by and I'm like, damn, this is, this isn't good. Like a few more had dropped off and like, I had like a mini, a mini session day scheduled. I was going to make like a nice, nice sum of money. I was really excited. That got canceled. Like all my plans got canceled. All my work got canceled. And basically by May, I had like eight weddings left. And they were all for the, the fall. Uh, so I had like no immediate income. And um, 
they were all kind of like TBA, you know, they weren't going to, they weren't really like scheduled anymore. They were just like, we'll see what happens. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh boy. So dude, I'm not, it was crazy. Like, you know, enter, yeah. uh, enter the pandemic unemployment assistance, you know, like I, I straight up was like, I don't have any work. And like, I'm not, I'm sure his shit not going to go like work uh, in a grocery store right now. Where- <laughs> covid the worst like, place yeah, like, <laughs> that's I, where everybody was <laughs> yeah you know so like i i wasn't gonna i wasn't going to get a job that would like uh put me at risk for covid because i have asthma so i was like kind of like worried at the time about that and so like i i at that point i was like i have no idea what's gonna happen so i was like okay i'm gonna go on unemployment and, and we'll see where we're at you know in the summer or in the fall and uh, at the time I was living in Cleveland and a lot of people in Ohio weren't really too worried about COVID. And so, you know, it, before I knew it, I had like a few people confirming that they were in fact going to have their wedding uh, in the fall of 2020. So like I had a few weddings that like came back and I think by the end of the year, I, I ended up shooting maybe six weddings total that year. Uh, and, and that was kind of the year where I was like, okay, like I need to, like I need to take this time and I need to like really look around and see like what I want to do within photography because like I wasn't burnt out, but like that, the, the pandemic kind of like led me to believe that like the industry I was in was far more fragile than I wanted it to be. And uh, I, that I couldn't really rely on something like that, you know, cause people are going to be people and the world will do what the world does, you know? And uh, so weddings, although they're always going to happen, like, you know, they might not always need a photographer or whatever the case is. So I was like, okay, like I'm going to take this opportunity to start going to New York a lot. And, uh, in 2020 was kind of like, I wouldn't, I, I would say 2020 was like the year that like temporary, like really took place, like really started to take shape. Uh, I, I went to New York one, three, three or four times in 2020 to, to shoot photos. And, uh, it was, it, yeah, it was really like the time where I like realized that there was a lot more uh, that I wanted to do with my work other than just, you know, shoot weddings and do client work. And um, so, yeah, that, that led into 2021. And even last year was a little bit interesting for weddings and client work, you know, like. It popped back year, up in the wintertime, I feel like. Yeah, you know, like I, I shot a good amount of weddings last year, but I, I had a few that um, that canceled. But like a lot of those from last year were were clients that had had to reschedule from 2020, you know? So like, it was kind of just like extended 2020 into just delayed income. It just delayed. Yeah. It just delayed everything <laughs> really. Um, but that, it, it really was like a good way for like myself and like, and that's kind of like really when I got into photo Twitter, uh, I was like late 2019, early 2020. And uh, that really like gave me a chance to kind of like, yeah, start exploring like other aspects of the work I wanted to do. And, and it, and it really just did, did give me that time to like step back from doing work for other people and, and really like focus on what, what I wanted to do. So yeah, it was, uh, it was interesting, you know, just like relying on client work and like being, being subject to the pandemic in like a way that I, I like, I just never would have thought that like, I don't know, like I would be out of a job again, you know, or whatever the case was, you know, it was just yeah. like, holy shit, like what we're doing really isn't that important, you know, or whatever the case is. None of us uh, are that essential. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's it just like really put things home. So like, uh, yeah, you know that, that that's when temporary really really started to take uh, shape and 
and become what it is uh, now, you know, but yeah, that's, uh, that's kind of like the, how the pandemic uh, derailed things and, and kind of shifted things for the better. And, you know, it's kind of like a silver lining thing, you know, like, a, yeah, I lost a lot of work that year, but like, if that wouldn't have happened, like, you know, who, who knows at this point, like I, I have zero clue if I would be doing the things I'm doing currently. So. I think it sparked a lot of people's movement into the space for sure as a silver lining aspect of it, obviously, but yeah, shit. Um, we know you have some more stuff dropping for hidden in plain sight. Are there any other projects we should be on the lookout for or keeping that close to the vest? Uh, going to be close to the vest probably all year. Um, at this point, yeah. Temporary is like, you know what I'm at this point, like what I'm really, really stoked about, like we're, I don't know. I think we've got eight, uh, eight images of sold so far from that collection on foundation and, uh, yeah, hidden in plain sight. The, uh, the final 25 photos are, are coming. When is this, when is this going to release uh, a week from today? A week from today. No. So they won't be out yet. I'm, I'm gunning for a, uh, May 16th release on the, uh, f- final 25 photos. So Perfect. Yeah, yeah, man, I'm stoked. It's going to bring everything kind of full circle and, it's, it's just kind of wild to be like tying up it, not, not a loose end, but it kind of feels like that, you know, like sh- I would have loved to have the images out by now, but like the whole concept is kind of to, to wait until they appear and not to go looking. So, yep. you know, I was just kind of doing it as they came, but yeah, it's uh it's going to be a good one. I'm stoked, but yeah, for now it's going to be those two projects and I'm not sure what I'll do at the end of the year or towards, uh, towards summer and, you know, going into the latter half of the year, but I'll probably, probably keep everything pretty close for sure nice man well it's been great talking to you we had a blast yeah you too yeah, it's nice to meet you man appreciate yeah, it yeah you too for real I, I i've had a great time it's just uh it's been super fun and it was it was yeah really good to chat with you guys thanks for bringing me on oh yeah man no problem well uh connect at any point man i um feel free to dm us we'll be on the lookout for Solid. the new stuff hidden in plain yeah. sight yeah i'm appreciative thanks guys i'll uh i'll chat with you guys soon yeah absolutely sounds dude. good man we'll be good time. thanks man Peace. Later. Damn, that's nifty. That's nifty. That's NFT. That's a nifty, nifty NFT. That's nifty, that's NFT, that's a nifty, nifty NFT. Before his fears, he leaked a plan, Exula worked on Iron Man. How cool is that? Mad Dog Jones, the dude so fine, he hand draws every single line. I sure as hell didn't know that. Fuck Render built the gallery to raise new artist popularity. What a guy. Yeah, man, it's good. Too much lag like a nomad, all his belongings in a single bag. All these things, can't you see? I learned all that's NFT. That's nifty. That's NFT. That's a nifty, nifty NFT. That's nifty. That's NFT. That's a nifty, nifty NFT. That's nifty, that's NFT That's a nifty, nifty NFT That's nifty, 
That's NFT. That's a nifty, nifty NFT. Damn, that's a nifty NFT. 